today on Growth Mindset University. I quit school before the exams happened. Oh, wow. Yeah, I left. They said, oh, we're doing exams at the end of this year. I'm like, great, good luck. (laughs) I had shit to do, Jordan. You're listening to Growth Mindset University, educating tomorrow's leaders with lessons from today's entrepreneurial elite. It's a progressive new age of business we find ourselves in, and we'll help you find the success you seek by listening to today's industry professionals and thought leaders teach us the lessons we should have learned in school but didn't. Now, please welcome your host, Jordan Paris. My guest today today is Peter Lorimer. Peter is an entrepreneur, real estate expert, and co-host of the Netflix original series, Stay Here. Lorimer, with an eye for profits, helps struggling property owners redesign and market their short-term rentals into money-making showstoppers. Born and raised in the UK, Lorimer achieved tremendous success as a widely sought-after music producer working alongside the biggest names in music, including Pink, George Michael, Christina Aguilera, and more. He accumulated over 30 number one Billboard chart hits by his retirement from the music industry in 2003. On a quest for new business ventures, Lorimer began investing in the LA property market. In 2005, he joined Keller Williams Realty and went on to become the number one agent at his brokerage three consecutive years in a row. In 2009, he earned the prestigious distinction as the number one top producing Keller Williams agent for the entire L.A. region and L.A. County. Never one to rest on his laurels, of course. In 2010, Lorimer launched PLG Estate based in the heart of Beverly Hills, aimed at serving the who's who of the creative entertainment world. Peter and his team of now over 200 hand-picked agents danced to the beat of their own drums while catering to a discerning clientele with offices in West Hollywood, uh, several locations in California. Peter Lorimer, welcome to the show. Greetings. Thank you very much for having me, Jordan. <laughs> a lot of stuff there. It is, it is, yeah, a lot of stuff. It's like when I hear it, I'm like, mm, Wow. Yeah, there's kind of a few notches on the old bedpost. Several careers, several moves. Um, maybe I'm on the run. Maybe I don't know what I'm doing, but I just keep marching forward. And uh, life seems to keep rolling out a wonderful conveyor belt of loveliness on a daily basis. Doesn't it? Yeah, a lovely conveyor belt of uh, a, a wonderful conveyor, conveyor belt of loveliness. Is that what, it, what you called it? Yeah, yeah, it was exactly. It was exactly. Yeah, I'm, dude, I try to cut things as much as I can from the intro to like not make it a two minute long intro, which it, you know, um, was approaching two minutes. But I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't cut too much out. Like it, they're all really important pieces. And the thing that I'm actually very curious about is, so you were in, uh, you're in the music industry until 2003. Why yes. did you, why did you pivot? Okay, well. There is a really, there's a really deep reason which we're going to get into because I'm going to grill you as oh, well. Oh crap! <laughs> um, and uh, and then there is a. Let me just turn off. My yeah, 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 we turn that off. And then uh, there is a kind of gut reason. So let me kind of backtrack. So I uh, uh, w- was a kid. I I grew up in a in a pretty, you know, in, in a in a very. In a town like Philadelphia. Oh, right? I'm I grew from up there. in a town. Are you really? Yeah, yeah. I used to DJ at a club on Locust. Oh, gotcha. Okay. 
Back in the day, you know Locust, right? Look, I, I, I wasn't uh, much into the going. I mean, I lived there until I was 18 and I was a loser. So, like, I, yeah, I, I, I've probably gone out on uh, on the streets, like, once. And that was when I came home for, like, uh, it was Hurricane Irma. I went up north. So, uh, and, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. I went to a couple of bars there. But, yeah. <laughs> well, to all the people listening from Philadelphia, I like it. And I think it's a really awesome city. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, no. Um, <laughs> So I I, uh, I grew up in a in a town kind of like Philly, an industrial northern English town where, and this is back in you know um, in the eighties, and uh, I was a musician. Escaping is something that I've always that is a big part of my story, uh, or, or you know jumping around to try and find what it is that I actually want to do, and I, I was actually a classical musician quite an accomplished one and i came from a regular house and went to a shitty school and uh and then i went ended up getting expelled from that when i went to a good school which was still a public school um and i fell in love with music and then i discovered the mistress of my life which is house music (laughs) and uh i was 15 and i'm like okay that's what I want to do. And I kind of left my city of Leeds um, and caught the bus, the Greyhound bus to, to London to go become a house music producer. And I remember the look in my mother's eye, which was, uh, what are you? You can't really leave. It's kind of illegal. You're a child. I'm like, don't worry, mom, I'll be good. And with by the age of 17, I'd had my first number one and... Uh, was was professional in the music business from 16 years old and that took me all the way through to you know i had a lot of the people that you mentioned i had about 25 number ones in the uk in the dance charts in the music week dance charts and then around around 2000 ish right i because i was doing house music or edm as you call it now um i uh uh uh, was very kind of techie because it was all computer-based uh music and i was there at the very birth of synthesizers and 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 the first computers that were programming music not the very first ones that would make me seriously old but like the ones that were in in the 80s like the ataris and then the first mac and all this shit and then around 2000, um, I was a member of various kind of techie, nerdy chat rooms. And this kid, for, I think he was from Korea or something, sent uh, uh, a chat that said, hey, do you know about ripping? And I'm like, hmm, what's ripping? And this is around 2000. And he said, you can now suck the zeros and ones off of CDs and convert them to files known as MP3s. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, that's it. This industry's done. I had been in it for about 15, 17 years. I'd had 30 number ones in the US in the Billboard Club charts that I'd either written, produced, remixed, or whatever, even been an artist on. And I was like, okay, that was awesome. I want to do something else now. And so property was not really on my radar. Uh, I, I, I was... You tell me when to stop, Jordan. No, I, I, I'm actually for, enjoying this, and I have a follow-up question when you're done. Yeah, right. yeah. So I was dating this psychotic freaking... Am I allowed to swear <laughs> yeah, on this? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you do whatever the hell you okay. want. Okay, I was, I was dating this psychotic fucking just... Yeah, yeah. 
toxic, toxic it, it, one. We've all done it, yeah. We've all done it. But the silver, the silver lining is, even though she was terrible to be in a relationship with, she ran a very successful business here in LA, and she folded that business um, and got into, into real estate investing. And then she started picking up clients. And I'm like, well, if she could do it, she's toxic. I can do it because I'm a really nice guy. And so in conjunction with, there was, there was, there was a lot of roads that converged. I was kind of at the end of my rope with, with uh, being a record producer. I saw that it was about to change dramatically, which it did. I'd had a really good run in my last year. I had a number one in 12 countries. And I got a really good payday. And I was looking at this at these fat stacks and I'm like, okay, I can party my ass off or I can invest in property. And my brother who moved to Australia 30 years ago, his house was six times the price of what property was in LA. My mom's house was four times the price of property in LA. And I was watching the internet very, very closely and I figured LA... Everyone wants to be there. So this internet thingy probably means that more people are going to work from home. So then LA is going to become more valuable. No. Hmm. And it made sense. And it made sense in a way, in a very musical way. Like whenever I heard a, a good song, I just knew it, right? It resonated. I knew there was a good hook. And when I heard my mind kind of calculating it, I had no evidence. But I just had, it felt like a good hook. So I took all the money and I put it all into property. Wow. Everything. Everything. And that's around 2001. And then I bought more and more and more and more. And uh, and then 2007, six, five and six came along. I became a full-time agent. And then around 2007, I'm like, something's yeah, yeah, real yeah. bad. So I, I dumped. I dumped. Really? No way. Did you have were all your properties in the US? All in LA. All in LA. And you dumped it all at the perfect time. And then you just got well, back in it another time. Well, the short the short version <laughs> is um Yeah, I dumped a bunch. I, I also kept a couple as well and I lost my ass on those, but I dumped most. And then I waited for the market. I could feel there was a change coming very much like I could with the music business. And, and then the internet really began to take hold. So I took the money, put it in the bank, uh, the crash came, and then I bought, loaded up on Google stocks. And then I loaded up on Facebook. Nice. Stocks, and then I loaded up on Apple nice. stocks. The same chat room. I have a lot to thank that chat room for. I was on a BlackBerry. Everybody was on a BlackBerry back then, around 2006, right? Seven, eight, right? Six. And, and then somebody in another chat room sent me a hand-drawn picture of an iPhone. It was literally this screen with the icons on it, hand-drawn. No buttons. There was one button at the bottom. And I'm like, oh, my God, here we go. A computer company making phones. No brainer. So I said to my wife, Take all the marbles and shove it in Apple. So we put. We put <laughs> uh, I, I, it's not exactly a, a strategy one would endorse on the regular, putting so much into one. But it obviously uh, seems to have worked out. Have you kept? Have you kept that for like over ten years, or have you like taken it out now? 
kept it. Kept it. That's the way to go, too. All right. So yeah. I'm curious. Like you saw, and, and then, this. and then, to, and then this is the end of a very yeah, long yeah, yeah. kind of intro. And then what I did is I was a very, I'm a massive believer in property. Out of all the investments, I believe in property the most. Mm. And so I then, when the market began to stabilize a little bit, uh, I then started picking up properties in, in LA again. And I'm, I, ha- I, I haven't sold any of them. So how does one um, start investing in, in property? Because you're, you're saying that was one of my questions. Uh, is property the best investment? And it seems like you're saying that you just kind of said that unless you want to come back on that. No, I do. I, I stick by okay. it uh, and I stick by it because property is an oil of an investment. It doesn't bounce up and down overnight unless we have a once in a century occurrence, which we did in 2008. You think that's once in a century? What about like an upcoming crash soon? I mean, it seems like we're due for one. There's going to be no crash. There will be a correction, but no crash. A correction, yeah. We had a correction really in the past year and a half, I think. Maybe I it think wasn't so officially, too. but like, but it was, I, I remember everything, a lot of things went down. But anyway, continue. So, and we can, we can come back to that. Yeah, yeah. But m- m- my belief in, in why property is the best strategy, well, correction, let me, let, let me, let me, let me wrap it in some parameters. I have another gentleman to thank for a piece of advice he gave me that was one of the best piece of advices I was ever given when I was becoming a fledgling property, uh, property investor. His name is Robert, and he's an Australian dude who was probably worth, I don't know, $100 million back then. He's probably worth maybe $6 billion now, all through property. And he was like, Peter, mate, let me give you the best piece of advice. If you can't drive to it, don't buy it. And I'm like, but you don't understand there's these deals in like Alabama and Florida and, and there's deals where the ROI and the, the mm. you know, the, the, the cap rates are off the hook is like, do what you want. I'm giving you the best piece, best piece of advice you will ever need. So chasing the return, I think is a mistake. Mm. Property from this investor is a long term hold. Property, I know lots of people that are rich. The wealthy ones all have a lot of property. Yes. And so you have these properties and not only like do the properties themselves have a ton of value that very likely goes up, you're renting it out to and earning an income all the while, correct? Correct. And and trust me, you know when I I, I don't I, I, listen. I'm older than you, so I, I I've I've made plenty of mistakes. But one thing that I have seen, because remember, I'm a real estate broker as well, so I've represented investors that want absolutely the highest return. And what I have found, and there are, listen, there's a million other people that will give you completely the opposite opinion. But the higher the cap, the higher the risk. Right When I've got an incredibly high cap rate, in Los Angeles anyway, it means I'm in a bad neighborhood, I've got difficult tenants, I've got uh, problems up the wazoo, I would much rather have a cap rate that's here. There's a small little, you know, maybe a three, maybe a four, maybe a four. Um, Because then I know I'm in a great neighborhood, I've got a great quality of tenant. Explain cap rate. Cap rate is is the return on on investment. Oh, so, oh, oh yeah, 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 okay. 
you know, if I spend a million bucks and I'm getting a million, uh, a million and thirty thousand back a year, that's a three three percent cap rate. But uh, correct me, if, correct me in the comments if I'm wrong, listeners. Um, <laughs> um, and so, if it's to your listeners that are listening now that are maybe you know beginning their their investment career. There is always a way to make a fast buck, right? We can get lucky on sure. stocks. Yeah, you know, yeah. I did. I, 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 yeah, I know people that you know over the past week when Disney Plus came out. Like I was like, like yeah, I just put sixteen thousand dollars into Disney Plus, and uh, and for and then pulled it out later that day and made like a couple grand, which is kind of cool. Like, there's, but it's not. It's not. And then he's like. I like imagine if I did this fifty times, I could make a hundred thousand a year just from that. It's sexy to think about, but it doesn't work. It's Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Vegas. It's Vegas. And I don't, because I, I did that. I remember when eBay came out, I'm like, oh, oh, oh my God, you mean I can, you mean I, I don't need a stockbroker? Okay. And I was like watching the things going up and down and it was like crack. I'm like, whoa, this is awesome. I'm like just slurping down expressos. Oh, went down two bips. Let's sell. And I'm like, the I, I probably lost a year of my life by through the stress. Mm-hmm. Of watching the needles. So for me, what real estate allows me to do, especially if I'm buying in, which, are you in Miami? Nope. Other side of, uh, let's say I'm in Fort Myers. You're in Fort Myers. So Fort Myers, Orlando, LA, Dallas, you know, Brooklyn. If, if you, if and it's harder to invest in these areas because the price point is higher. But if you can get in or get in with your brother or sister or have your mom and dad co-sign or mm. have another investor... Getting in a property is a vehicle that you let it just cook. And that's the Rockefeller strategy. Rockefeller bought property and never sold it. Now, I've sold things. Of course I have. But knowing that these investments are just maturing over... If I buy a property, I'm not even thinking about selling it for 10 years. I'll probably hold it for 20 yeah. And that's hard for some people to get their head around. Yeah, it's a long game. It's a long game. For sure. So if you're saying too, like maybe someone doesn't have the capital to go in alone and like buy a property all themselves, go in with perhaps a partner. Maybe. Go in with a par- yeah, go in with a partner, go in with a you know family member, or there are actually some awesome financial vehicles instruments coming out right now where it's essentially a rent to own so if there was a house in fort myers that's 500 grand right and you don't have the 20 percent, you can partner with these lenders where they will buy the entire house and then or you can if you can only find five percent to put down they'll put down the other 15 and then you can eventually buy them out or 5% 5% equates to 25% of the down payment. So when you sell that house, you take 25% of the profit and then the investor takes 75. I would do that all day. Yeah. I would much rather have 25% of something in a great city than, you know, 100% of something in the boonies of Alabama. Mm. I feel like I love Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this is uh, this is very hard for the average person to implement. I I don't know how accurate it is. I've been saying it enough lately that I need to actually look this up and confirm it. But 
heard the average American has uh, only $10,000 in, in savings. So, and th- this requires some money to play the, to play this game, right? Like not the, y- you gotta, you gotta have a good amount of money to get into this game and uh, be able to create even more wealth for yourself. Is that correct? When I first started this podcast, I had no clue what I was doing, and it showed. This podcast was terrible in the beginning, so much so that when people tell me today that they listen to early episodes, I cringe because it was just that bad. But along the way, of course, I figured things out and started growing as I was going. But I wish I knew these things in the beginning. I could have saved so much time, money, and just sheer embarrassment. Now I'm solving for all of the unknown variables of podcasting for you with my brand new course, How to Become a Rockstar Podcaster. Oh, and by the way, it's completely free. In the course, I give away every single one of my secrets from marketing to building a business around your podcast and monetizing your podcast without ads. I put a ton of effort into this course over the past few months and it is extremely professional. And this is something that people around me said I should be selling for 400 bucks, but I said, no, I am giving this away for free. I couldn't think of something better to share with you. So for free access to my new course, How to Become a Rockstar Podcaster, you can go to jordanparis.com forward slash course. That's jordanparis.com forward slash course for free access to my brand new course, How to Become a Rockstar Podcaster. I look forward to seeing you in the course. Let's build a business around your podcast. You got you to gotta have a good amount of money to get into this game and uh, be able to create even more wealth for yourself. Is that correct? Uh, I mean, there is a barrier to entry, sure. But is it unobtainable? No. I mean, there are five percent. Like, so for people who are wanting to get on on the on the property ladder, there are five percent loans, right? There are there are even less. There are they're called FHA loans. I sound like I know my way around loans really well today. <laughs> there are there are these loans that are called FHA loans, which are Federal Housing Authority loans, where all you need to put down is three and a half percent. So if it's a hundred thousand dollar house, three and a half percent. Yes. Let me do it right now. <laughs> See what I'm saying? How much is the average price in Fort Myers of a house? Oh, I mean, it depends on the neighborhood. I'll say $200,000. So you're looking at seven grand. Right. And you're in, into a house, right? That you live in for 10 years, right? You'll be around 30 by then. And then you take that $100,000 profit at 30 years old, and then you can either buy a bigger house or buy a couple of houses mm. or buy a fourplex or... A, and you keep rolling it and rolling it and rolling it and rolling it. Yeah. So what was that called again? I can. Well, it's called an FHA loan. An FHA loan. So like, okay, in theory, I could buy a $200,000 house with an FHA loan. $7,000 approximately will, will be put down. And then what? I'm paying, you know, I'm paying the mortgage. But then what if it has like this spike in value? I could trade up to something even bigger. And then correct. And then, then I could trade up to even bigger and trade up even bigger, right? Correct. And I've only correct. and I only use seven thousand dollars to get into the game. Correct. Ooh. Now, <laughs> see what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, what I would you can trade up up and up and up and up. 
Um, Using I, debt yeah. as money. This is what Robert Kiyosaki, like, that, is that what he, now I'm like really understanding this. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So let's talk about it. Let's, let's break it down. So for your seven, so this is why, this is why property is the best game in town. Because if I buy $7,000 worth of Apple stocks, I only got $7,000 worth of Apple stocks. Whereas if I buy, if I put 7000 down on a house, I get all the appreciation on $200,000 of value. Yeah. That's what we call leverage. That's leverage. And so I sit in that. If it's 200 now, in seven years, it'll probably be closer to 300. Hmm. So then I take my 107,000 in three years, get myself a bigger house if I want, or I keep this one. I take 50 grand from my first house's appreciation and buy myself another house and rent out my first. Then I do it again. Then I do it again. Then I do it again. It's not that hard. It's not. Huh. Where would I go to get an FHA loan? You call any loan broker or Google it. Just Google, how do I get an FHA loan and a thousand vendors will pop up? Bet. Okay. So I I got this question. This is a uh, selfish question a little bit. How does one land a Netflix original series? You have to be extraordinarily good looking. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the, the funny thing is, Jordan, uh, I got – I wasn't even looking to do the show, right? Mm. I mean, I am from the entertainment business before real sure. estate. And the reason I got the show is when I started, when I left Keller Williams, I was the number one Keller Williams agent in LA. I started my own company because I hated corporate. I didn't hate Keller Williams. They were lovely people. But I I thought there has to be a more creative way. I'm in LA that's full of creatives. So I started my own kind of, if you will, imagine Soho House meets real estate. That's what my company is. That's what PLG is, PLG Estates. We're like a very cool, creative, industry-focused real estate brokerage. And I, I was really niching down. Like real estate traditionally is we serve everyone all the time. I'm like, I don't really care about the dentists and doctors and accountants. I just want the cool kids. And so we niched down and went after them. And I, when I started my brokerage. How did you even I, do that? I, I, I'm curious about that too. What? Starting a brokerage? No, no. Uh, going after the who's who instead of and filtering everyone else out, like getting attention from these busy and important people. Only. Facebook, man. Oh. Facebook. That's when Facebook was new. And I'm like, I need to get into the belly of the beast and figure out how to manipulate this engine to get in front of the people I want to get in what, front ads? of. What, ads? I did. Ads. Targeted ads. Okay. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. In 2010. Yeah. So I was ahead of the game. And then I managed to get the client base. I attracted, I don't recruit, and I've attracted 200 agents to the company. And when I was setting up PLG, or when we were kind of, after we'd been out for a couple of years, I'm like, okay, we're here, we survived, we got through the two-year mark of death, which is a death for a lot of startup companies. I'm like, okay, let's let's kick it up a gear. And I knew video was the next frontier in, in industry. And it was familiar to me coming from entertainment. So I knew I couldn't outspend 
Keller Williams or Sotheby's or all of these other companies that were still doing adverts and postcards, which is very expensive, I couldn't outspend them there, but I could run circles around them by doing creative original content, which is what I did. And the content is what grew the company. So I did a lot of videos and then Netflix found me just like Justin Bieber. Found you? On, on YouTube. YouTube, what? ladies and gentlemen. Really? Yeah. How many subscribers you got on YouTube? I have no idea. Not many. Not many. Yeah. I mean, YouTube, YouTube isn't my focus. Hmm. Just the but, right person saw it. Yeah, they saw it. There was no one else kind of jumping in front of the camera. Um, and then they kind of dug into who I was. And I, I didn't think I was ever going to get the gig. And uh, when I signed up, they said to me, by the way, congratulations. Uh, we've been looking for, the, for, for a person to host this show for a year. And we've interviewed 200 other brokerages around the world. And you are light years ahead of everyone. And I'm like, well, thank you very much. Oh, yeah. It's obvious that you have the personality. Like, just the second that, that we got on here, like, just very, very open and, like, extroverted. Or, or so it seems. Maybe maybe you're a natural introvert and you just flip into extroversion like I do. Uh, that's certainly possible, too. But, like, in other words, I mean, you, you've made my job, like, easy. Uh, you know what I mean? It, it's hard... It's very hard to explain, but I, you just I know got you it. You got it and you get it and like you're not closed off and yeah. Like you, I think you have some great qualities, obviously, that, that led them to uh, picking you. I think it's, I mean, over that many people, it, it has to, you know, they had to like something. I mean, I'm glad they told me that after yeah. the fact because if they told me it before, I thought I was up against two other guys because mm. there was two other guys there at what they call the chemistry test. And I'm like... I thought it was just me and two of the two of the blokes. Chemistry test to see if you get along with them or to see if I get along with the other host with Jenny. Mm. And uh, uh, and then they said, "Oh, it was actually 200. I'm like, "Woo! Wow! Where were you looking? Prison?" <laughs> Man. So how's uh how's that changed your life? So, cuz you you've already been successful and then you just like this is a cool little thing. It's more than a cool little thing. So Okay, yeah. We, it has been extraordinarily um it's just it's it's been it's reignited a creative side of me that has been dormant since i left the music business right because when i ret well, i'm an all in kind of guy as i said earlier, all the marbles so when i left the music business to become a real estate professional, I literally hung up my headphones that night. And then I, and with a, I had a number one in 12 countries. So I was in demand at the time. And I'm like, nope, I can't, I can't look both ways. Hmm. So I hung up the headphones. I'd committed to becoming an investor and a real estate guy. And, I, and from that moment forward, I was not a record producer. And I was only in real estate. And so when the TV show happened, it, I remember from the music business uh, working with a lot of great artists who maybe only had one album or one single or what have you. And so whilst I was doing the show, I actually wrote another six shows. 
and I'm in the middle of kind of production on on new shows. Oh, cool! Because I'm a creative, so writing songs and and writing shows is actually a very similar process. Yeah. And so uh, hopefully those will begin to film next year and then, you know, stay here season two, of course. We should find out about that next year. And, um, you know, I got a lot on my plate. It's, I'm, I'm very, very, very blessed. And the reason why I'm going to give, I want to I drop a few, few nuggets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So the worst... The enemy of success is expectation. Okay. N- not ambition. They're closely related. But expectation will thwart people's careers. How so? So, for example, if I went into doing Stay Here and thinking, this is awesome. I'm going to be hosting American Idol in a couple of years. <laughs> I'm going to be, it's going to be me and Kelly on the, on the morning show out in New York City. Those are expectations, right? I'm thinking, this is going to deliver this for me because I'm hosting, so therefore I deserve to get this. That ain't how it works. Whatever, any situation I have been in, I always look at what gifts are coming along that conveyor belt. And the gift that came along that conveyor belt was it reignited something that I know I'm good at. And that's creating. I build things. Shows, songs, artists, TV shows, potentially films. It's reignited that for me. And and I, and, it, and if for those guys that are listening who might be who might be in real not even in real estate but in doing startups you might be going after some investor or you might have a product that you really believe in that you've put your heart and soul into it and it just doesn't get picked up and it doesn't get launched now there are, there's there's a crossroads at that moment crossroads number 1 is i failed i'm deflated why am I doing this? I should give up. Crossroads number two is, okay, what did I learn from this and how can I apply this to my future business? So if I'm trying to think of a product that, you know, maybe, I'm trying to think of, of, a, of a product off the top of my head, but if I was trying to come up with something and I just couldn't get it arrested, I would have spent time developing it. So I've gotten an, an awful lot of knowledge about something so how can I apply that into something else? So expectations and procrastination um, will kill business. So it ain't what you get out of it. It's what you put in. Oh, absolutely. What do you wish more people knew about real estate investing? I wish more people went into... because. You can make money quickly, right? There are flippers, and I flipped. You can make a shit ton of cash in a short period. There are an awful lot of of property developers in Los Angeles, and I worked with a few of them, who the music always stops, right? At some point, the music stops, and somebody's left standing up. A lot of property developers in LA right now, end of 2019, have been building and building and building and building and making these properties more and more and more expensive. And now the music's beginning to stop. 
Mm. So there's a lot of guys losing their ass. In what way is the music stopping? They've built houses that were maybe two million that sold for five million. Then another picked another one up for six million that sold for eleven, and another one that sold for twenty and twenty-five and fifty and ninety. So there are a, there's a glut of luxury properties in LA where they're just gonna get they're gonna get their ass handed to them in the next twenty-four months. So any young investor that's looking to get into property. I God, I sound like an old man when I use this word. Diversify. Diversify with having a house. I would start with a house that you own or even a condo. Although I prefer not, I prefer you don't get condos. I prefer you get a house. Even if it's a crappy house in an okay neighborhood, I prefer that to a great condo in a good neighborhood. Okay. Condos, condos don't appreciate as much. In LA anyway. So... Buy a house. I remember, okay, I, I remember my first house that I bought was in an area called North Hollywood. People wouldn't touch it with a barge pole, but I'm like, it's 10 minutes from Sunset Strip. This area's Whoa. got to yeah, pop. Yeah. Was it ghetto at the time? It was, I'm not allowed to say that word, but, uh, and I'm oh. actually not is allowed that, to is say that, is, that a, is it a bad word in 2019 now? Well, it's not that. If you're a licensed real estate broker, you can't use oh, derogatory wow. terms. wow. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. It makes sense. I can't use, I can't label a, an, an area by yeah, its yeah, ethnicity yeah, yeah. or mm. anything. Was it a low income area? It was a low income. It was, yeah, it was a blue collar area, right? Which I can say. Yes. And... It was, you know, a bit gritty. I'll say that. It was a bit gritty. And I believed in it. And I bought my first house. And I will remember this moment because it was a shithole. Standing on a ladder in a full white, you know, those suits with a mask on and goggles. Scraping the asbestos cottage cheese off the ceiling. Not having enough money to eat. And I'm thinking, what have I done this was is was the biggest mistake of my life. It took all of my cash. And the, I was looking at a pile of debris in that living room. And I never thought I would get that house done. That is a rite of passage. We all have to do that. If you find yourself as an investor waking up in a cold sweat going, Oh my God, what have I done? You're in the right spot. Yeah. You'll get through it. You'll figure out a way and um, just stick to your guns. And I would advise very strongly, try not to make a fast buck unless you've got at least two or three years experience. Then get into flipping. Absolutely. Now, Peter, I uh, have to apologize. I always mention where... Listeners can find the guest right after I introduce you, right in the very beginning. I do it at the both, both the beginning and the end. I forgot in the beginning. So people can find you, Peter. Uh, what is it? At Peter Lorimer on uh, Instagram and Twitter, yeah? Instagram, Twitter, at Peter Lorimer. Facebook, Peter Lorimer Official. YouTube, Peter Lorimer Official. And occasionally I do pop into Snapchat, but you'll have to find me on there. Yeah. Um, hey, well, we'll check out uh, check out Stay Here on Netflix too. It's uh, why don't you why don't you explain the show a little bit? Sure. I, yeah. I, I watched it and like I really enjoyed it this week. So I'm a very very big believer in the shared economy, right? I just think that's the way the world is heading. And with outfits such as Uber and WeWork, even though they've got a little tarnish right now, 
um, the world of Airbnb was something that I was a very big proponent of and a very big believer in, which is part of the reason why I got the show, I'm sure. And so what I do is I travel around the U.S. Um, with Genevieve Gorda. And if you imagine, I'm kind of like the uh, I'm the Gordon Ramsay of Airbnbs. Yeah, we, yeah. Go, we go in and smash them to bits. I completely redo their business plans. Genevieve completely redoes the design. And we relaunched them. And I'm happy to say all of them were massively in profit after we left. Nice, dude. I, uh, I got to find... I've never been to... Uh, I, think it was in, I think it was in Seattle. I got to rent that houseboat. <laughs> you know, nice out of all the epic, I mean, all, there were some real standout characters. Oh, what, what the one on Malibu Drive? Oh, that was, I, Malibu was Road. Like, yeah. Oh, Malibu Road. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, She's, but uh, uh, I like that one. She was a character, dude. Like, I know. <laughs> she was kind of wild, but I did love her. Yeah, yeah. A soft spot for her. Um, yeah. And the dude in New York was great, but you know, I was really, really blessed to do the show. I'm, I'm thrilled and I'm happy. So, so go watch it, listeners. Stay here on Netflix. Peter, I appreciate you for your kindness and your willingness to share today. And again, for making my job very, very easy by just being open and friendly and kind. So I thank you for that. Thank you very much for having me on, Jordan. It's an absolute pleasure. And you escaped my grilling. I was going to grill you, but that's okay. <laughs> so uh, I got one final question. My, uh, my final question is, if you could teach a course at a university, a course of your creation or otherwise, what would it be? And before you answer, I want to actually point out that this uh, that investing in property requires zero certifications, unless I'm mistaken, right? That's important to remember about this episode and everything we talked about today. Uh, so, Peter, the answer to your question. If well, you could, uh, yeah. sure. Speaking as a guy who didn't even graduate high school, um, I would, I would actually, if I would spending my days, what would I? Would it be something I would retire doing, or just something I would want to teach? Yeah, just something, uh, something that you would want to teach at a university. It could be a course of your creation or something that already exists. I probably would want to teach the history of electronic music. Mm. Sounds fun. Sounds interesting. The, the birth of electronic music going all the way back to Giorgio Moroder, Raichiotu Sakamoto, uh, Kraftwerk, then the dance explosion, all of that. I can just disappear in vinyl for days, man. Yeah, yeah. Follow-up question. Do you have your GED? No. No. So you don't, you don't have any. That's, that is amazing. Bravo. Zero. Unbelievable. I quit school Peter, before the exams happened. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, I left. I'm like, that's, they said, oh, we're doing exams at the end of this year. I'm like, great. Good luck. <laughs> I had cool. shit to do, Jordan. <laughs> shit to do. Peter Lorimer, you are the man. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. We've reached the end of this episode of Growth Mindset University. For more keys to success and methods to inspire your entrepreneurial spirit, head to jordanparis.com slash course and enroll in our free course to elevate your podcast to the next level. Be sure to pass the show along to someone you know who will benefit from the lessons learned in each episode and we'll catch you and them on the next episode of Growth Mindset University.